Welcome back, Spokane, to another episode of Ever Real Talks. I'm Matt Side. And I'm Jessica Side. And we're here in Spokane, Washington in February. What yes. do you think about that, Jess? I think that February <laughs> is a great month. You know, here's the thing. Okay. I do my best at the beginning of these episodes uh-huh. to see if I can throw you some sort of random curveball. Yeah, that's not an interesting curveball, though. <laughs> And it's February. What do you think about hey, February? <laughs> I think it's Valentine's Day coming up. That's what I think. That's true. I think that do you we've have got big plans? lots of winter. Do you have big plans Punxsutawney for Valentine's Tawny Day? Phil had a Zoom meeting that said he's going to... Do you notice that he's, that he's gonna... not answering the question about Valentine's Day? Because he has no plans. Actually, Yeah, here, I me, have plans. Let me say something. Let me say something. We, as a married couple, decided a long time ago, like their very first year of marriage... That it wasn't fair that he was responsible for every Valentine's Day and every anniversary. So we decided that it would be something that we would go back and forth on. Now it's your year this year. It's, we've been married so many years, I have no idea whose turn it is. So we do You're the kind always of... always the tend odd to do year. The, we, do, we tend... You have no idea. We always tend to do this thing where we go, hey, I'm taking care of the anniversary or I'm taking care of Valentine's Day, which I think is kind of nice, but it doesn't mean you don't have to do something something nice. It just means you're not doing the big plan for where we're going and what we're doing. I know. I, I tried to make a massive amount of reservations and believe it or not, I couldn't get any. <laughs> My God. You guys, I don't know why Matt is in this mood right now. I am going to talk about our featured home of the week. It is a brand new listing. It is at 3016 West Sanson. And it is two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars, which is Whoa. a great. Is it still there. It is at this moment in time. It is still there. Um, Stacy Sampson on our team has this one listed. It is a five-bedroom, two-bath home. It is one thousand eight hundred and thirteen square feet. So it's not humongous, but it has. But it has five bedrooms. And it, yep, it has an attached two-car garage. That's cool. So you know how sometimes in the smaller homes you have a garage that was built on there, but you still have to go outside and around the back. This is not that. It actually has a, a door Between into the house. Between the house and the garage. Okay. Yeah, cool. which I think is important to know. Um, the, the schools, this is something I just added this time, is Brown, Glover, and Shadle Park. Some features of the home, it's got hardwoods upstairs. It's been newly <laughs> remodeled downstairs with the LVP. Um, looks really nice. It has a nice bathroom down there. It has an egress window in one of the bedrooms. Um, backyard is fenced vinyl windows gas forced air it's a it's a very solid home and i think people will really take to it i believe that at this moment in time she already has scheduled 35 showings oh my goodness so uh, but you know just because yeah. people see a house doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they necessarily are going to buy if that you're house you're interested yes. in looking at that home hit us up at 50962 house or send us a message on our social media can i just make a comment Absolutely. for those people that school districts are really important to you there are school district maps that you can get from Spokane Public Schools you can also reach out to us and we can link that to you mm-hmm. because uh, honestly, just because a listing says that it's in a specific school That's district, true. if that school district is really important to you, you should probably double check with the actual maps of the district themselves. Good point. I like it. And because of this listing, I decided that I would feature an area that is literally called Northwest. Northwest Spokane. Northwest. And um, let me give me let me give you the parameters for this. So this would be on the east side, Ash. On the north side, Francis. Okay. On the south side, Wellesley. And then all the way over to the river. 
Okay. Okay. And so if you were to look at that area and you kept going west, 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 you would run into, do you know? Uh, Dwight Merkel. Oh, I was going to okay. say the river. Didn't yeah. you already say the oh, river? Oh, yeah, the river. But I'm just saying that it, that helps people kind of to know what well, okay. we're talking so, about. Dwight Merkel, VA Hospital, yep. Valby Stadium. Yeah. A couple of, I, like... Don't take the wind out of my sails, huh? Okay. <laughs> so let's just talk about the area a little bit. Now, the, some of this crosses over with some of the other um, uh, areas of Spokane that we've done because, of course, this was a Native American um, important area because of the Spokane River. Um, there was a lot of fishing and winter camping and trading that happened in, in that particular area. Um, the area was full of edible roots and bulbs and berries. Um, now, the gridded streets and subdivisions um, were, were the things that replaced the already native trails that were already there. So we've talked about this before, Indian Trail. The reason why it's called that right. and why it goes a certain way is because that was a trail that was used hmm. not only by the natives. So the natives used that and then people, traders as they moved in sure. and then the settlers as they moved in all used the area. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. I actually drew myself a little map because I was reading some things and it talked about how they actually used from the Great Falls, which of course is downtown Spokane, all the way to where the little Spokane meets the Spokane River. So that whole area was very um, traveled by the Native Americans. So you have to turn off that thing, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes we forget to turn things off and we get little beeps and buzzes, which is exciting. <laughs> um, so you have the Great Falls and then, and then people moving through from there through Drumheller Springs, which we've talked about before, which is where Maple and Euclid yep. mm -hmm. join up. And then, you know, to these different, so Northwest Boulevard took its way all the way to the Spokane River. Then you have Driscoll that kind of comes up there. And then you have Indian Trail. All of those things are trails that were used. I just think that's kind of fun and yeah, interesting. I mean, it's, it's a great, I mean, the, the reality is, is if you're in any sort of rural area, like when you're backpacking and stuff, mm -hmm. if you find a great well-worn game trail, mm -hmm. like you're going to take it, especially if you're bushwhacking. So yeah. if you've got native trails that people are... Two important places, yeah, like and, and the, the river. And the, the why would the trails go anywhere else? Yeah. So it makes a ton of sense that that's where the roads would go. And that's where the roads went. So um, it was interesting because there were rival streetcar companies, and one of them used the uh, Northwest Boulevard, and one of them used Driscoll Boulevard. And if you look hmm. at them, they're, they don't have the same start and end places, but they certainly have that kind of same direction. Um, and those were some of the... Because that area was growing. The neighborhood was growing. Um, during World War II is when the U.S. Army built Baxter General Hospital, which is located between Assembly and the Fairmont um, Memorial Park, which right now exists south and west of Dwight Merkel, yep. okay, in that whole area. Um, it, was, uh, it was for returning veterans from World War II. It had 300 building, buildings and 2,001 beds. Um, portions of it was 200 acres and portions of that were then um, became the Veterans Affairs Memorial Hospital in 1948 and uh, Joe Albee Stadium which was originally called the Memorial Stadium again hmm. going along with you know these hospital places and the memorial for VA in 1950 so those were built right about the same time right in the mid-century um, and nearby, a rope tow operated as 
city ski acres in the 1950s. So there was like a little ski hill in that area really? as well. Yes. So interesting. I know. I love that, that so kind of stuff. So um, then, of course, that turned into, and we've already talked about it, Joe Alvey Stadium and Dwight Merkel um, Sports Complex. And, of course, Dwight Merkel, you have football, you have Junior Bloomsday, they have BMX track, they have the skate court, um, they have soccer fields and, and yeah. softball fields, and then there's a walking uh, trail on, along the perimeter, right. which I've never walked. Have you ever no, been I mean, on it? Yeah, I've been on it, but I've never oh, okay. walked the whole thing. Okay. It's usually just to try and get from one field to the other and be on the outside of where everything else is oh, going on. Okay, very good. Um, and then, of course, in the area, there's also Loma Vista uh, park, which yeah. I, I'm familiar with that mm-hmm. one because we had someone who lived across the street from there, which was a, a very nice park. Um, so there, of course, as far as like what's in the area on Francis and Wellesley, which are our north and south boundaries, you yeah. have really pretty substantial shopping centers um, on both sides of that. Yeah. And then um, this was kind of interesting. Aubrey L. White Parkway. So you're familiar with what that is, right? Mm-hmm. That is, it's the bottom, basically the bottom of Doomsday Hill mm-hmm. all the way past Francis, and then it joins up with the Nine Mile Falls Road, or nine, I guess it's called Nine Mile Road. So that, that parkway goes all the way uh, near the river. It was built in 1933. Between 1933 oh, and 1936. Right, okay. That's that's the direction like you can get to Riverside State Park. Exactly. That way. It, it goes follows right along, it's right down along river the river. golf course. It's yep. the it's, road along down river. Every it's all of that right yeah. along the river, all the way through again, past Francis. Um, and that was built between thirty three and thirty six um, by the Civilian uh, Conservation Corps. Wow. Now, here's the deal. As you look at these names, I realize I don't actually know who all of these people are, or I didn't remember who all these people were. So I well, decided. Some of them you've talked about in that other is episodes. Good, Matt. Come on. I am so proud of you. Specifically, Aubrey, Aubrey L. Yeah. White. Wasn't he one of the park guys? Yes. Can I just tell you how much I love this guy right now? Because <laughs> I remember. Valentine's Day. Okay, babe. I'll take on Valentine's you Day got, you this got year. It. <laughs> all right. So. Um, we did talk about him before. He moved here in 1889. And do you remember what happened in 1889? Uh, you got to remember what happened in 1889, Matt. Big fire. That's correct. He was about the age, he was 20 years old. He became an influential businessman. He actually, I think, moved away for a while and came back. He became basically the park's czar, is what I'm calling him, of Spokane. No one else calls him that. That's just That's my just special Jessica, name for him. Jessica phrase. Um, and he's the one who... Took, got Spokane and the Olmsted brothers together. Right. And his goal was to make Spokane the best park system <clears throat> in the United States. That was his goal. I don't know if he necessarily reached that, but he certainly did a pretty darn good job. So that's who Aubrey L. White and why that is named after him, that, that parkway. Joe Albee is another one I... Do you know? No. Okay. I can't remember. So Joe Albee, in in short, he started the... Ath- There's actually a lot about him. I might... I might. We might need to do it a little Joe bit Alvey more. Episode. Yeah, it might be kind of interesting because there's a lot more to it that I couldn't fit here. But um, he basically started Athletic Round Table in the in 1920, which was called Art. Yeah, I remember they had a bingo hall. 
Oh, really? ART Bingo Hall, Athletic Roundtable Bingo. Okay. It was well, one of the first places I went to play I don't bingo think... when I turned 18. Because oh. you have to be 18 to play bingo because it's gambling. That is true. Pretty they sure say I he went was. one like a case of oil or something. Oh, my Lord. He was 5'6 and fast talking president for 42 years of that particular organization. His group helped to find, um, or to, excuse me, to fund the stadium. And it was renamed. So the stadium, remember, was 1950. And they renamed it after him in 1962, just a few weeks before he passed away. Oh, that's cool. Which is uh, something that I've seen done at, for other, about other people, where right before they pass away, they try sure. and do something before they pass away so they know that something was named after them, which is pretty cool. And then Dwight Merkel. Dwight Merkel started as a volunteer football coach in 1966, and he served that organization, um, which became the S- SYSA. Um, for 31 years, um, he he not only helped to raise funds to build the complex, but he was one of the people up there picking up rocks and planting grass. Like they had to, when he became the executive director, they basically said, "You need to be the executive director and stop trying to do everything." Um, and so Dwight Merkel was named after him. That's cool. There you go. So there's a little That's bit of the history on the That's neighborhood the from our featured home. There's, and as far as like places to like patron, like again, like why would I want to live in this neighborhood? Yeah. They're, they're like you, you mentioned Francis and Wellesley both have mm-hmm. uh, quite a kind of shopping center, commercial district. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are restaurants like in that five mile area, which would be in the top. I'll say it's the northeast corner of that neighborhood mm-hmm. is where there's several restaurants and pubs mm-hmm. and grocery stores. And not too far away, of course, you have things like the Flying Goat. Yeah, and... which is right just a little bit south of that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they've got a, a just field the, house. Is it field house? Follow the trails. Follow just the follow the trails. Native and you'll trails find... to the watering <laughs> hole of Flying Goat. Wow. That's pretty good. Bam. Yeah. All right, Matt, I know you've got some stuff for us. I'm excited to hear. Everybody's excited because Matt's bringing the numbers. (laughs) I'm excited. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Let's do some numbers uh, for this snapshot in time and a little bit of our history over the last six months. We're going to go through what we usually do, right? The active listings, price ranges, pending listings, those type of things. So let's start with our active listings. Are there any out there, anyone? Yeah, right. Holy God. Okay, what well, I don't know the number, so I'm interested to hear what the number is. Because I, I think the lowest we got last year was like 0. 0.63 or something like that. Something like that. Okay, okay. What are we at now? 201 oh. active listings, Okay. which is 0. 0.27 months. 0. 0.27 months? Is that the lowest? I mean, that's I, the lowest I've ever heard. I, I went into the MLS. I'm like, I had to screw something up in this search. Like, wow. I, and I even went back to some of our older shows to be like, have we been close to this before? Like, what is what is going on? This is, just so you know, it is basically eight days of inventory. Holy moly. Are now, you now me? we also talked about the fact that it There's didn't mean that there weren't listings. It just meant that yes. things were going really, really fast. That, so what's That is the... true. That's true. So we've got 929 pending transactions right now. So that's a lot of houses that are pending. Okay. I think you can't ignore the fact that you have eight days of active inventory on the MLS. I get it. It's February. Yes. It tends to be a slow, like not a lot of people are thinking, hey, this is a great time of year to sell my house. I'm going to hold that off Although for it later is. months. Yeah, yeah, right now it is because supply and demand, there is no supply and there is a lot of debate. How many? 35 showings already on that property? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scheduled showings. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, scheduled showings. So the point being that 
people think in their mind that this is a bad time of year to sell a house, the reality is is that you have no competition. Yeah. So I get it. It doesn't mean that it's a great time for you personally, but don't wait till spring just because of spring. Yeah. All right, I'll get off that soapbox. But eight days of inventory is mm-hmm. kind of incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put that into perspective back in March and I could not find, I don't think we were doing this set of numbers in January, February of last year, but the first week of March we had 903 active listings. So like three weeks from now, we had over four times that many of active listings on the MLS. Wow. Okay. So that's just to kind of give you some perspective. I got a couple of graphs that I printed out. Uh, that we'll post up on our Facebook, but you can see in the graph, like it just through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So uh, even February of last year, and these are different, like don't, the numbers are irrelevant to where the, like the, the movement is. Um, But it's under half, like fewer than half of the active listings were in December compared to February. Like it's just keeps on going down. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, you know, it's funny. I For some reason, my template didn't remind me to look at the days on market, so I don't even know that mm. number. Um, it's low. It is probably very low. So mm-hmm. active price range right now, we've got a 70000 up to a $3.9 million property. Um, the median active list price right now is $335,000. Wow, that jumped up. Yeah. I mean, again, Our, those are, when you get snapshots in time and you're not looking at longer averages, you're going to have those anomalies up and anomalies down. Um, yeah, of course. Median active gonna, list price right. could be, that could change every day. Right. Um, sold, so let's see, median sold price in the last six months mm-hmm. is 315000 is the median sold. Right. Which is. Uh, the median list over the last six months was three hundred and nine. Okay. And let's just put that again into perspective. Uh, median sold 315 back in March when I went and looked at some of those old numbers, 283. Okay. So that's a 20, 30, almost a $30,000 increase. So it's over 10%. Yeah. Which we know. We know our yeah. market in Spokane has gone up over 10% in the last year. Sure has. So those are some numbers. I was absolutely blown away. And yes, just to remind us, as we talked about last year, at the very beginning of this year, we mm-hmm. did actually have 2.5% more sales mm-hmm. in 2020 than we had in 2019. So things are just moving quickly. And you just got to know, you got to have all your stuff lined up, your ducks in a row. Don't be scared if you're a buyer. Yeah. Just be strategic. Yeah. So. I think we talked about three things that you need to be. You need to be... Uh, well, I can't, now I can't remember all three of them. But you have to be persistent. <laughs> those three things, yeah. Persistent and consistent. I do know those are two important things. because patient. And patient. Right. But you got You can't take a break for a weekend, right? You have to be looking yeah. at those properties you, this, every day. If you're just kind of like, you know, if the right property comes along and I'm ready to go look at it, like that's not going to, you're not going to find a house. Yeah. Not likely anyway. Uh, all right. So I'm, you're, I'm in... I was curious about some of the um, information and time frame that you were talking about because mm-hmm. I've got some interesting information that I pulled from an article from the Spokesman Review this morning. Okay. And uh, we, again, will link that on our social media if you want to go actually read the article with the Spokesman. It's very well written. There is, so let me just read this kind of front end of the article here. The developer 
who transformed an old industrial site near downtown Spokane into the thriving mixed-use Kindle Yards development, believes he can do the same thing on a 400-acre Kaiser aluminum site north of the city limits in Mead. Jim Franks, Greenstone Corp., has purchased 300 acres of the parcel and entered into a development agreement with Kaiser. That's cool. There you go. Because the reason why this is significant with what you just talked about is because the inventory being so tight is causing those numbers to go through the roof. I just wrote a newsletter about this, just talking about our own, and I've talked to other parents, okay? I've talked to people who've got kids that are just starting to go to college, and the concern of, are they gonna be able to buy a house in Spokane by the time they're ready? And that has been a concern for a lot of us, right? And so I know for us, like that's part of our investment mentality is, Maybe we should buy some houses right now to make it possible for our children. If it gets really, really tight, um, we could give them a stepping stone in some way, right? I'm not necessarily going to give them the house, but I might be able to help them into that house. And the reason I bring this up is because if we can, um, if some of these um, developers can alleviate some of the pressure that we're feeling, right, on inventory, then it's going to kind of cool the steep rise in prices it will for sure help i mean it's the absolute only reason spokane had an increase in sales volume year over year was because of new construction the interesting thing is we're barely back to the 2008 volume of construction it's taken us that long after the great recession to get back to that point wow and and so that's a that's a a challenge so this particular community uh is going to include around 1450 residences nice uh about 1.2 million uh, square feet of commercial space Uh, they've tentatively named it mead works it's All right. who, kn- who knows what it'll end up it, being because it's, of it's, kaiser well because it's in the mead kaiser property mm-hmm. so it's north of mead mm-hmm. some really interesting stuff though about this because kaiser aluminum and Kenwood. so this started out in so back to you what you were talking about world mm-hmm. war ii was when the federal government opened an aluminum smelter there hmm. on about 180 acres of land and then in right. 1946 kaiser aluminum and chemical corporation purchased the plant and then about a decade later, they bought the 400 acres just to the north of the plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, interestingly, they didn't do much with that 400 acres other than run their heavily contaminated stormwater across it. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> from the smelter site across the land on its way to Deadman, Dead Man Creek. Okay. Yay, let's take all of our toxic <laughs> chemicals and dump it in the creek. Can I just, like, for those people that, com- have we, we, I've been on my soapbox about regulations before, but could you just stop complaining about regulations? Because people will take their chemicals and dump the crap in the creek. Yeah. They just will. Yeah. Uh, in route, however, the storm, stormwater collected in a pair of settling ponds located near the center of the property. What mm. settled in those ponds were, to a large degree, carcinogenic toxins known as PCBs. Wow. Um, this is a quote that will just that just blew me away. There were enough PCBs in those ponds to contaminate a lake the size of Lake Coeur d'Alene thirty times over. Oh my lord! Right? What in the? Anyway, he's not happy about this. I mean, well, I'm not, but I can feel his like righteous indignation. So anyway, the EPA came in about a year ago and said. Hey, Kaiser, this is critical. You got to clean this crap up. Wow. 
just a, a year, year ago? ago? Yeah, I'm sorry. This started... I'm probably blowing out the mic right now. Yeah, you need to chill out just a little chill bit. Chill it down. No, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, so you're telling me that they were doing this since mid-century, and then just now, 70 years later, we're telling that's, them that they had to clean it up? That's what it says. Okay. That's what it says. Fairly interesting. So. Uh, Better late than never? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right, so time critical was in quotes. This past summer, so here's the quote. This past summer, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency began working with Kaiser on a, quote, time-critical cleanup of the ponds. It was a daunting job. Yeah. Here's another great quote. Crews excavating sediment from the main lower pond discovered a potential complicating issue. A handful of holes in the liner designed to contain the toxins. Oh, my gosh. I know. Don't, aren't we all... Drinking water out of an aquifer that is underneath us? I, pro- I don't think it goes that far north. Okay, okay. I That's probably. I, I, I'm I pretty don't know. sure it doesn't. It goes through the valley. It's okay, but back to Matt's soapbox. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we have to pay attention to what we're building in the valley, in the Raftrum Valley, and all. That is where the aquifer goes. Yeah. Like, it comes from Canada. Got to be good friends with our neighbors because mm-hmm. what they dump up there comes down to us, too. So, mm-hmm. anyway, okay, sorry. It's okay. No, I think this is all a part of being in a community, right? It is all a part of being in a community. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interestingly, okay. part of Greenstone's tackling of this, they're obviously well aware of all the stuff that's going on in here. The other thing is, too, this 400-acre parcel, it just keeps getting better, Jessica, mm. also lies just north of a Superfund site that is home to a highly toxic plume of cyanide pollution that is the subject of an ongoing multi-million dollar cleanup plan. Holy moly. And they want to take this on? Are they? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, My guess is they're going to get some government help. Probably. They're probably working. I mean, Kaiser's the one that has to deal with it. I'm sure it's part Mm. of whatever they're negotiating is to take it on. and And they're... Anyway... So where is this project? Just to kind of give people kind of the boundaries of where this all is. To give you a starting point, it is uh, the new Costco north of Spokane. Yep. The development will surround it on three sides. So Highway 2 kind of goes in the front of it. Mm-hmm. So you've got Highway 2 on one uh, part of it. You've got the new um, Highway 395 north-south freeway that they built on the mm-hmm. east side of it. And then Farwell at the top and Hawthorne at the bottom. So those are kind of your like square, if you will, or at least the four edges of the development. Uh, The really cool thing. So Frank is describing the project as the first development facilitated by construction of the long awaited interstate style highway that some legislators are trying to fast track our north south freeway. Um, It's the idea behind this is that they're they're designing it in such a way as to not create more traffic on our normal north-south avenues, which is division and maple and okay. those type of things. Like they're, the fact that the north-south freeway is well on its way to completion to connecting to I-90, that's mm-hmm. going to give great access to this. I would hope so. Um, they're also Are they already, trying to time it with that? I mean, is that uh, the idea? Well, here's the thing. Okay. They already know that they're probably not going to get the cleanup piece of it done and approved and ready to go before the end of the year. Like they're not even going to start anything in 2021. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. So as the North South freeway is continuing to move on and grow and it it will benefit that they're also going to have an access road off of highway two so that people in the development and the community will be able to go like not have to 
just pile onto Highway 2 because that's going to be a traffic issue as well. Like, people mm. aren't going to have to pull out onto Highway 2 to get to Costco, probably. Like, yeah. it's going to... Um, mm, interesting. So, anyway, so that's the what. The where, we talked a little bit about where it's actually at. Um, he, you know, this is just... This is kind of a Greenstone pet project. I mean, that is one thing that he, he, Jim Frank, and the Greenstone Corporation and his partners have done is to create kind of those small walkable town center elements to their mm -hmm. communities so mm -hmm. go along with a mix so they're going to have a mix of single family homes townhouses uh, small multifamily condo structures okay uh, which i know that there's some legislation right now that greenstone is very much a proponent of and i would say as the realtors association we also are a much proponent of it like eliminates some unnecessary regulation on building smaller condo i thought buildings. you said regulation was unnecessary good. okay regulation oh. is good when it has like common sense behind it okay um so uh and then some you when you're talking about regulation it's just like the size of the yeah there are certain things like there's a certain uh i can't remember what it's called but i'll call it like a an engineering um approval mm -hmm. that there's not even anybody in Eastern Washington that does it. So you um, have to fly somebody from Seattle to Spokane to mm -hmm. approve it. And so, hmm. um, anyway, it's, it adds another 150,000 plus to any building. And if it's a small building, the argument is that it's not much different than building a really large house. It just has bigger walls in between the units. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, there's also going to be a, an age restricted community for people 55 and older in the same thing. So it's going to be kind of an all inclusive Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a long-term project. Sure. I mean, it's going to have, add 1,400 units, you know, over the next five years. Is yeah. My guess. Yeah. So a little bit of time before it helps with the uh, the old inventory problem. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that's all we got time for. Yeah. Thanks everybody for being here. We appreciate your time, and we will see you next week. If you need anything, 509-62 house or social media. It's a thing. You can do it. <laughs> we'll right. talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.